That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Our guest today is Carlos Navarro. And Carlos has a 22-year entertainment career which spans the media spectrum from radio, television, film to commercials, video games, stand-up comedy. Uh, his work includes Bloodline, Walking Dead, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2, Madden NFL 20, The Outsider, Identity Thief, Marvel's Hawkeye. Uh... On Disney Plus, where he played the villainous role of Enrique in the tracksuit mafia. Carlos is also the co-host of the number one rated Orlando talk show, Monsters in the Morning, on iHeartRadio's Real Radio 104.1. Lots of good stuff to talk about today. I'm so glad that you're tuning in to join us. Uh, Carlos has a great story also of sobriety and his own journey of uh, making some changes and uh, uh, leading his family and just being an awesome father and, and just doing many amazing things. So uh, we're going to get uh, to Carlos in just a minute. First, do you want to quit drinking for 30 days or more? Hear that often. I want to quit drinking. Man, it's the best decision I ever made in my life. That sober guy can help. You can try the quit drinking dude 30 day alcohol free challenge. Uh, that sober guy 30 day challenge features 30 podcasts in 30 days to help keep you accountable. Uh, along with discussions, worksheets, we have exercises uh, to help men better understand, number one, why they use alcohol, uh, explore new ideas, share relatable experiences, and you become part of the Sober Guy crew of like-minded men looking for freedom from alcohol. So you can sign up now by doing that. You can go to thatsoberguy.com. You get $10 off of the Quit Drinking Dude 30-Day Challenge. One more time, that's thatsoberguy.com. And you can, of course, find more podcasts, resources, uh, meetings, all kinds of stuff by going to thatsoberguy.com. We have everything on there. And then be sure to follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. Uh, all the links from today for uh, Carlos's info, all the things we talk about uh, will be in the show notes so it's easy for you to find. And uh, without further ado, Carlos Navarro, my friend, uh, we're, we're coming together today via digital technology, which I love from California to Florida. So it's very nice to have you on the podcast, my friend. Uh, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me on, Shane. It is good to uh, see you through the uh, amazingness that is <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love your mug. I'm mm. a coffee man myself. I collect yeah. mugs and it is I fast forwarded. I'm at Christmas time, bro. I'm already Dude. there. I'm already there. I'm that guy. Oh. My wife's that girl. It's what we do. We're going to become fast friends then because the best day or the best thing about Halloween is the next day Christmas starts. That's it. Boom. I, Boom. That, you know, I, I got the turkey mug I'm rolling with. You know, we will do a little Thanksgiving stuff. The lady likes to still decorate the pumpkins sure. and the harvest stuff. But yeah, dude, Christmas, man, I'm, I was listening to it's the most wonderful, wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, no, why not? Why not? Well, it goes by so fast. And, you know, I, I had a, a thought at one point, like, what if, okay, Christmas time, everyone's happy. Everyone's nice. Like they're not assholes to each other. What if we were just like that all year long? It's like Christmas would, you know, that's should be the, the vibe. I feel like. Yeah. It, it It's, it's, it's a mindset. 
Mm-hmm. It's a perspective. And that's why advertisers love Christmas time, right? Because all those little commercials are, are those little pops of of remembering when we didn't have the worries of the bills and we didn't have the worries of the job and we didn't have that monkey on our back. We were just wanting toys, man. That's it. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so I think it all connects. And, you know, sadly for some people who had really rough Christmases, we're sure mm-hmm. like this time of year is like, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> but, you know, you can yeah. break that cycle too. Oh, totally, man. Okay, so totally random question for you. Um, what is the one most memorable Christmas gift you've either uh, received or given, or a combination of both? I don't know. I know it's uh, off the top of the head. So, what do you think? I'm How about to think this, Shane? How about the <laughs> meanest Christmas present I ever got? <laughs> okay, let's hear that. That's even better, actually. So you're about my age, I think. I'm 41. So 41. Yep. Boom. Oh, well, you're going to love this. So (laughs) (laughs) the year is 1989. The Wizard comes out starring Fred Savage. There is a item in there called the Power Glove in there, right? So sick. So amazing. All right. For for those who don't know, this thing, the commercial looked as if you were Mike Tyson punching with this glove. Mm -hmm. You were doing uppercuts. You were stopping lasers. All I wanted was the power glove, Shane. That's all I wanted. I told my dad, my mom, I want the power glove. I want the power glove. Being a father now, I could only imagine how annoying I was (laughs) as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. You know, and and so all year long, I wanted the damn power glove. And we're at the Christmas time, and all the presents have been opened. And I look around, and I don't see a power glove. And I'm like, dang, Oh. And my dad goes, hey, there's one back here. And he takes a box out from the back. And I'm like, whoa. And I look at him like, oh, the power and he And he hands it to me, right? And when he handed it to me, I'm like, this doesn't look like the box of the power glove. But you know what? Dad came through. Yeah, Who knows? He's got me. Ready, Shane? Let's hear it. I op- rip it open with excitement and joy. Oh. I pop open the box. It's an oven mitt with a Nintendo controller wrapper. <laughs> Damn, dad got you good. Wow. But, but baby call, I break it. <laughs> and my dad grabs the power glove that he had and he throws it nice. at me. He's like, shut up. Nice. So he came through after all, but that was a hell of a joke. I love it. Dude, I remember that movie. Uh, that was a great movie. And yeah, the power glove was like, dude, that was, man, if you had the power glove, you were the business in your neighborhood <laughs> with your with your buddies. Man, that was the thing, dude. Loved but it, it never worked. It no, was a piece of crap. It was. It was. Yeah. I, I remember trying it at a buddy of mine's house. I never had one, but I was like, dude, this thing sucks. I'm, just give me the controller back, man. This is too hard. It's too much. Yeah. Good good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing that. I love it, man. I love opening it up with, a, with, with some good stories, and um, especially if it's involving Christmas. Um, I, I want to get into, obviously... Um, you know, your, your, your journey and recovery and just trying to stay sober and being a dad and all that stuff too. I noticed in some of the info you send over to you're, you're on the board of two little league teams, bro. So I'm on the board of a lit of, of our Vacaville American little league. I Love coach it. my son. It's so much fun. How do you do really two is. though? How do you do two? That's quite a bit. So well, you know what? Work. I think I'm on uh, several different boards, but uh-huh. I'm only on the, the land little league one. I'm just mm. on one, but I'm on several other nonprofit boards, uh, a collective, uh, collaborative corner, which is a, a board. Uh, nonprofit for um, for uh, it's a, for kids on the spectrum. Yeah, uh, and uh, but though the literally this is something over the last year that's really come to fruition. I've always loved baseball, but my my daughter got into softball, nice. and man, I'm the assistant coach now. 
And I love yep. it. I love it so much. Baseball is like my first love. And my daughter is, she's 11. So it's like this just total awakening inside of her of like being yeah. this confident young lady. And, and I just love it, man. I really wasn't expecting to kind of do what they asked me to do. And once I started, I was like, Oh my yeah. gosh, this is so great. So much fun. dude! watching them play, being there. I swear, man, we're living like parallel lives, bro. Like my, <laughs> da- my daughter's 12. I, I'm assistant coach on her on her softball team, girls fast pitch. We did we just had our first loss actually last night by the okay, team. We are living parallel because we haven't won a damn game. <laughs> well, the team that beat us hadn't won a game, and so I we we told the girls afterwards. We go, you know, I'm kind of we're about to go into playoffs. So I'm kind of glad y'all lost tonight because yeah. you need to lose and you need to know what that feels like, sure. and um. I feel like there's a lot of parallels there just in, in life in general, man, like picking ourselves up. Um, we've made mistakes. We've done things we're not proud of. We've been through a lot of stuff, but like we only lose when we quit, you know? Yep. So it's like, man, let's, let's pick it up and uh, keep going forward. But you, you know what I realized, Shane, as you're saying that and kind of things I thought of before, like in, and like you said, your daughter's 12, mine's 11. They can't be tested. Most people can't be tested in a tough way unless it's like a really bad thing in life that we've dealt with, but sports does that in the healthiest way. It's like, how are you going to overcome being in a full count where you kind of swung at something bad and you need to, you need to stay in the box and how are you going to overcome missing that pop fly? And then you got to go in and catch another one. It's that testing and then growing. And man, if you don't have any of that and you just go straight to adulthood, yeah, it's tough, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it can be a messed up thing. And then you're, you're, you become this uh, quote adult, but you're still trapped in like this childlike mindset, which is something I dealt with for, for a long time. Um, but let, so let me back up a little bit. I want to give you an opportunity to kind of share a little bit about yourself, who you are for those out there, you know, who, who might not have seen any of your work yet or know about you. Just give us a little rundown on who Carlos is and what you're all about, man. Man. Uh, I'm a guy who is a, I, I, at this point in my life, I'm a girl dad. I would say like, that's probably the most prominent thing about me. Uh, I have a two year old and an 11 year old and a wife of 15 years this nice. year. Nice. Uh, thank you, sir. Yeah. And um, man, if I were to say that 20 year old Carlos would be on this podcast talking about life, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, how to navigate yeah. it, I would have been like, how, how are we going to yeah. do this? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm supposed to be dead. I, I thought I'd be dead by 28 or something yeah. like that, you know? And so, um, yeah, I've been fortunate where I've lived this really fun life of getting into radio early on and and uh, being successful with acting in different in the entertainment world. But it's been through the trials of tribulation of overcoming alcohol, uh, overcoming a pretty bad uh, road of being arrested several times, uh, almost going to jail for a very long time, losing everything, kind of the mm-hmm. whole kind of classic sense of uh, of the the bad road or maybe the learning yeah. road, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so here I'm now many, many years sober. I actually can't tell you how many years I've been sober. I, I don't have it a uh, date. I think it was October 13th. I know yeah. it was Friday the 13th, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if it was like 2016 or 17 anyway. Yeah. But, um, and I'm in a good place with it, with it uh, right now. It's awesome, man. Yeah. That the, uh, the decision, man, to, to do that is, um, it's not always an easy one, but I know for those of us who have been able to put some of that time together and start to make changes, man, it's, it's been nothing but improvements and not to say every day is perfect, obviously. Right. Yeah, I mean, we have yeah. stuff we deal with, but, um, so, you said something there, Shane, yeah. you said decision mm. and that is so key. 
I made a lot of choices before. Boys make choices. Men make decisions. Ah, that's good. Okay. And and when you make a choice, it's like, yeah, I'll choose to uh, maybe I won't drink this month. I'll choose to not drink liquor, right? When we do that, like I'll just stick yeah. with the beer because I have the self-discipline as an alcoholic to yeah. only stick to beer, right? Yeah, sure, right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody does that trick, yeah. and and and. But when you make a decision, the people that I work with, my I call them my teammates who I coach and stuff because I'm still in it. Like, don't make a choice, make a decision. Yeah, because when you make a decision, is when you can quit drinking. That's a decision. Yep. You're you all know, in. So You're all in you on that. That's so that's so good, man. I love that. Uh boys make choices choices and men make decisions. Dude, I've never heard that. That's amazing. We might have to title the episode that actually. That's Thanks, a, man. such a good such a good quote there. Um so how how'd you get into acting? How'd you get into comedy? Like where did that start for you? You know, I uh I as a young age, I always loved movies and TV and I love Steven Spielberg. And mm-hmm. I always thought I would somehow I'm first generation American, Spanish is my first language, my mom's from Cuba, my dad's from Peru, no oh, nice. connection to the industry. Yeah. But I always loved it. And I would kind of escape into movies and TV. And um and then I just kind of was like, man, I want to do something like then I got a job in radio. Uh, I'd always was making little movies and stuff. And so I became an intern in this very successful radio station, a talk station where Howard Stern was at, at 17. So this is like 1998. And um, fortunately, I I got on and became successful. And this is 98. So no social media. The only big things were radio, TV, magazines. So I tore it up, (laughs) you know. (laughs) At 17 too. That's so young, man. Dude. And the people I was with were hardened alcoholics. Like they were much older and musicians. And so probably like you, it wasn't this conscious choice of like, I want to do, it was like more like, ah, this, this is fun. And this is like, the next thing you know, I'm in this place of like being arrested for the third time. And, (laughs) and and it started early on in high school, getting drunk in high school and stuff like that. But to get back to acting, uh, I did radio and then uh, uh, and then I took an acting class hmm. and it was somebody that kind of reached out to me and gave it to me, did the acting class wanting to be director, wanting to direct hmm. and then did a scene and then the acting teacher came up to me and was like, Carlos, you need to do this for a living. Wow. This is like, you have a gift. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> Yvonne, God rest her soul. Yeah. And I said, man, if this teacher has been doing this her whole life, said this to me, I need to take this serious. I took it seriously from then and then it just progressively built and built and built and built to yeah. being like the villain in a Marvel thing. Oh, that's so awesome, man. I love, I love the, what'd you say her name was Yvonne? Yvonne Suhor. Yeah. Yvonne, dude. That's so like, just think about that, that moment in your life, like where someone took a moment to believe in you and to speak into your, into your life, bro. And it, it, it literally changed your whole, your whole life. It's so 100%. Amazing. Yeah. Shane. I remember taking the class and kind of blowing off the class. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to be an actor. I'm going to do the, I would do a direct. I'll probably do it. But, and every week she would ask who wants to be a professional actor. And I would never raise my hand. Really? And All the like, other nerds in the classroom. And so after like one of our final scenes, that's what it was. And I can remember it to this day, sit done scene, her coming back to Carlos, getting down on her knees, putting her hands on my lap like this and looking directly at me and saying that. Wow. And I just remember like, Whoa. Yeah. It was very weird. And, and, you know, we have that, right? We have that. Everybody has that ability. You don't have to be a, an amazing acting teacher or some yeah. or mentor. You could be in Target walking down and say, hey, I love that shirt, man. That's, a, you know, be, show somebody that they're yep. seen. Yep. You know, I, I, I love that. And that's uh, 
you know, I didn't start to, to think about that because, you know, as when we're kind of stuck drinking all the time and being assholes, we're so selfish. Like I never thought of really, I mean, I wasn't like a total prick, but like, I didn't really, I was always worried about me, you know? And the, the more I grow and, and continue to go on family, just life in general, I'm learning how to be better at that daily, like how to step out and, you know, cause sometimes too, it's like, well, I don't want to say anything. You think I'm, you know, like you think I'm weird or whatever or something like that. But it's like, man, it's okay to speak into people, man. And like, we actually, Absolutely. we actually, when we do that, it actually helps us at the same time. We don't, we don't even know it. Pretty That's good. the trick. Yep. That's the crazy trick is when you actually, you know, put it, like you said, you speak to somebody's soul and it can be small. It could be a grand level. You yeah. get the same dopamine hit. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned in radio, you're around a lot of older dudes who were heavy, heavy drinkers. Do you like how much of an influence did that have on you kind of turning down that path? And of course in the entertainment industry too. I mean, this obviously music, you know, TV movies, all that stuff. It's, there's a lot of drugs, alcohol. It's a, it's a different lifestyle. Like um, what did, what did that look like? How did that play a role in, in your using? Oh man, it was, it was gasoline on a small fire. Mm. Like I'd already started, I'd already been cool with like, I'd already partied by then. This was out of college or first year of college when I kind of got hired. And in high school, I'd already been arrested for drinking, uh, fighting. They was always drinking and fighting, drinking and fighting. That was always my problem. Yeah. I drink and then I want to fight somebody. Um, and <laughs> go figure. Never got enough. Now I've gotten in plenty of fights without it, but usually that seemed to be yeah. the same running theme. That liquor um, so, so then when I got there, it was like, oh, this is actually what rock and roll lifestyle. Because we were also a band, we're a talk show. It's very, it's not like your typical morning show. We're like, hey, what's going on? No, this was like, yeah. we were raw. We we replaced Howard Stern when oh, he wow. left, if you can imagine, wow, right? Yeah, and we're still huge. there. We're still number one. And but I got fired from there because of it. And then when I got my ass back on track and got a successful acting, they hired me back. Oh wow. So they saw you made some changes. Okay, Carlos. Yes. He started to go down the rat now, another route. I know. So man. it was just gasoline on the fire, dude. Yeah. It was like everybody was doing it. So why not? You know, yeah. I don't blame them because they weren't my dad or anything, but it was just like perfect mix for yeah. chaos. So how, let's see. So if you got sober roughly around five years ago. So yeah. So all, I mean, through your 20s. Like twice. Oh, had twice. To do it twice. Yeah, I had to do it twice. So the first time when I got really in trouble was for fighting an old friend. That was St. Patrick's Day. You know, we're all really sober on St. Patrick's <laughs> oh, Day. Oh, yeah, totally. That's what um, you do. The pr- prime example, the promotion that I got arrested. We st- um, we did the morning show. We were there at 5 in the morning drinking. I got arrested in that same place at 3 in the morning. Wow. So <laughs> all day long. It's a right? long day. Yeah. And, and so then pretty much after that, I was fired, but for a lot of different reasons. And then for a long break, that was my humility time. That was, I would say seven years where I was acting and I was still booking stuff, but I was in the eyes of Orlando where I'm from and where the show is, it was like, you were forgotten about, you were a loser. You messed up the gig. You, you, I was in the street drunk thinking I was right that I fought this guy, you know, that sad feeling (laughs) then wears off and you're like, Oh shit. Um, so then I quit for a long time and I actually got back on the radio and my wife and we were kind of like, I I never even asked to drink. It's like, well, you want to have some wine. We've, we've gotten kind of away from it. 
And then, just like every other alcoholic, you give me an inch, I'll take a mile. And it wasn't until, so it was about two or three years, and I totally screwed it up, and I almost lost it. I was that close. Dang. And boom, I quit, thankfully. Yeah. So what what do you think was different about the first time versus the second time? Was it just a maturity thing? Did you get in more trouble? Like, what was that? Yeah, I think the first time I was, I didn't have my, my first child yet. Mm. Um, I wasn't married yet. I was still in my eyes young, my mid twenties. Um, I'd work things out therapy wise. I was in a good place and it was kind of like, well, you know what? And, and I really wasn't one of these people that was like, I got a drink or I didn't have yeah. the, I didn't have those physical urges. I wasn't that kind of classic alcoholic. Right. And a lot of most people aren't, you know? Yeah. Um, so so then when I got back, <laughs> so this is actually, I really wanted to be on The Walking Dead. I always wanted to be on The Walking Dead. I auditioned for five years for The Walking Dead. Really? They never, they, they kept asking me. Okay, this is a crazy thing. For your audience, especially, I want to relay this message. My wife, God lover. You quit drinking alcohol, Carlos, I bet you'll be on The Walking Dead. You quit drinking, I bet you, you, you you're not going to be rewarded for it, Carlos. You'll mess it up. Mm. Okay. You, okay. And then the night happens where I do a show. I get drunk. I call her up. I come pick me up, whatever. And it was like, listen, blowout fight. I'm leaving your ass. Mm. I'm done with this. This is 2016. This is like my kids already there. We never fight. This isn't like yeah. a normal thing. And I can remember s- slamming the cabinet and just mm. breaking down calling somebody like I knew that was my lowest point. Yeah. And I breaking down and I called just the most random person. I would have like a friend from work and just ah, threw up all over her and, and called my wife and, and I've never had a drink since. And then I went ahead and booked the walking dead about two months later. Really? She was right. (laughs) Guess what, Jay, Shane? Guess what the first party was when I walked in the opening night party? What? All the wall top shelf liquor. Oh damn! What damn. the hell do you think I would have done if I would have been drinking then? Oh yeah, you'd have ruined if, it all. All of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's uh it is pretty crazy what happens when we go back to that start of the conversation. That decision we make that decision, and we say, okay, I'm done. I'm all in. There's no wavering. There's, you know, I don't know. It's something, something switches because I had that, I had that too. Like I, I had tried many times to stop and I would always go back. I'd always go back. And then there's got to a point where you just become so desperate and you see how you're like, I always felt like, I always felt like God had something more for my life, but I was just stuck in this place where I could not connect spiritually or find it because I was so just, just dead inside you know and that's no, that's not a fun way to live you know it's it's i mean the shit's poison let's just think about it like that it's literally <laughs> poison and you put it in your body and I, man dude it, it does something you know to to people and it affects people differently but in any case so so you quit you make that decision you get on the walking dead and that, that that was in 2016 or right around there yeah that was like in 2016 it was pretty shortly afterwards it was wow. pretty crazy how quickly how fast. Yeah. it happened, yeah. you know? So um, how, uh, how, how is it today just being, a, you know, a father, 
um, being to being to, uh, able to be present, you know, with your wife, with your family, and then still do the work you love. Um, I mean, obviously you kind of already made the point, like none of that would really be possible for you with alcohol in the mix, you know? And, um, what, wh- what is that like for you? Man, it feels good. It feels good, Shane. It, it feels, I've had so many nights of regret. I've had so many nights of guilt. Fortunately, it hasn't been with my kids around. Like my daughter's never seen me drink. Yeah. Like that to me awesome. is insane to think as much as it probably is to you that I was the party guy. I was the guy who drank. And to think that my kids have, have never seen daddy drink, don't even know what they've heard the stories, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause I can't, you can't hide that. Right. Like uh, the obstacle is the way is, is a great book that I love that talks about how do you, how do you figure out an obstacle, man, you have this too. All of us may be listening to this podcast. I had a crazy ass life. A lot of things I'm embarrassed about. Yeah. A lot of things I regret. I, you know, my type in me and Google, you can find the rest, you know, and my daughter can find that. So the best feeling is that she doesn't look over at daddy and he still has that drink in his hand, right? Yeah. Redemption. You know, that's the yep. most vindicating, best feeling. But I tell you, it's hard sometimes, man. Like, are we have segments on the radio where literally the greatest liquors in the world come in. Like, the Mexican ambassador comes in. Like, this is the greatest tequila in the world. I swear, it just happened the other day. This no is way. a $15,000 bottle of tequila. And my boys on the show, they're cool, but they're drink. They still drink. They yeah. don't have to quit, right? You know? Yeah. I got to leave the room sometimes. Yeah. Because, you know, that little smell. And I'm not a fiend, and I know you aren't either. Yeah. But, man, something like that... <clears throat> You know, screw it. Let's go. And and I know. And and that's what we have to be careful of. And I actually experienced a little bit of that or those thoughts. I kind of had the, the, the poor me shit come up. Like, um, I don't know. It was a few weeks back. We went to this, uh, a friend of mine is a, a realtor out here. And so she bought a table at this fundraising event and, um, and it was for first responders, great event. But I mean, there was just, there was, everyone was drinking and barbecue and, you know, it was in the pump in the middle of this big pumpkin patch in this tent and everyone's having a good time. And I don't know what it was, but like, I, I just, and I talked to my brother-in-law a little bit about it later. Maybe you can relate to this a little bit. Um, like that need to the feeling to escape sometimes it's not even the alcohol it's not it's just all the stuff sometimes and we just want to let go and not have to think about it not have to deal with it you know and and i started having one of those moments and thankfully my wife is super supportive i just tell her you know i say hey i'm this is really weird this hasn't came up in a long time but yeah i'm kind of feeling like like i wish i could just get smashed right now you know and so yeah yeah yeah. it's crazy man like you know and yeah we definitely have to be careful and make sure we're talking about it and because it's not it's not like oh you just quit and then all of a sudden everything goes away i mean we got to deal with life you know no Um, i'm so glad you said that dude because it doesn't happen often like i'm around i pour my wife a drink i want her every husband wants his wife to have a glass of wine trust me okay you know and (laughs) Yeah. My wife's like, can I drink? I'm like, so I can have a glass of wine. I'm like, would it bother you? I'm like, it'll bother me if you don't have a glass of wine, please have a glass of wine. Like I'm good. Thank you for asking me. For real. Yeah. But man, there's sometimes like the best advice is my, 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 one of my best friends, Ziggy, he's like, get out of situations, man. Yeah. Get out of the situation. Like I found myself and this hasn't happened in years that, uh, and it was, you know, pretty, 
Oh, it wasn't at the Walking Dead party. It wasn't in the LA premiere of Hawkeye where everybody's drinking. I was perfectly fine with that. It was a beer of the week segment oh, wow. where there was a high alcohol content beer that I know, you know, you drink one of them suckers and you're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't expect it, but I got out of the room. Had yeah. to get out of the room. So, you know, I mean, you, you know what to do. You have those tools. You have those. You've been in the situations before. And I think that's. I think that's a big part of it for dudes out there who still have homies who drink or you still like, you can't just, uh, okay, wait, how do I say this? Like there's certain people yeah. you should not hang around, maybe old, like, and you know who those people are that were acquaintances and drug buddies or drinking buddies. But there's also, I have plenty of friends that I've had since I was a kid and they're, they're going to be my homies for life. Now we may not kick it and party like we used to. Obviously I'm not going to put myself in those situations, but we see each other. They still have, beers and stuff sometimes and sure. got to be careful and know like okay if i gotta leave just like i mean that's that's great you leave the room there you go you know what to do you know and i don't make a big to do about it you know like yeah. we're literally like when i'm like a lot of times it's a radio show so you're live and yeah. i'm not like excuse me i'm uncomfortable <laughs> everyone should stop drinking i just kind of get yeah. up and walk out and they know you know like yeah. um that's actually what I found. If anybody, <laughs> of course, they're listening to this to try and quit drinking or even get ideas, yeah. but don't tell too many people you quit drinking, dude. Yeah. Don't yeah. tell too many people up front. Yeah. Up front, keep it to yourself yeah. until you feel you're at a good point and then you share it. I had to do promotions, literal radio promotions where it's liquor promotions. I'm supposed to be drinking the liquor and I'm and I'm literally on probation and can't drink and have quit drinking. So I'll hold a fake glass up. Uh, and be like, hey, and I'm drinking <laughs> seltzer water. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows and nobody cares. Nobody you know when cares. they care? When you tell them, I'm yeah. not drinking. Yeah. And then it's funny too. I notice when you do like, uh, and well, just real quick. So you, that's such a great point too. It's not like you, we don't have to, excuse me. I am sober. I've been sober since September 11th, 2013. I don't drink alcohol and I'm way better than you. So fuck off. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Like, yeah, we don't and have people to do, do like that. a vegan kind of deal. You yeah. know, it's like, I don't eat meat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We definitely don't have to do that. And like, it's such a good point too. Nobody cares. Nobody really cares because they're too worried about what they're doing in their own life. They could really give two craps like about what is, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. We'll sit back and be like, oh, well, what are they going to say? Yeah. You know, I was just coaching somebody who's quitting uh, smoking cigarettes. Mm. Mm. And I said the same thing. Don't tell anybody you're going to quit smoking, especially cigarettes. Oh, my God. You go out to smoke a yeah, cigarette. They, you tell them you don't smoke a cigarette. They'll shove it in your mouth. Get out of here. You didn't quit smoking. <laughs> you, didn't, you know. Um, yeah. alcohol is a little different, but, um, but we're all just so self-consumed and it isn't until you get to a point where you really have to dig deep into yourself that you will start noticing those things about mm. other people, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, we, we got, I got about, about six minutes left, but I wanted to get in a little bit too. You mentioned, uh, you were just coaching someone. I know you, you work with, um, different people, personal development. Um, what does that look like? How do you, how do you help folks out there? Um, and, and if someone was interested in learning more, where would they do that? Oh man, thank you for asking. Uh, I've found that people's anxiety and stress really comes from, from the lack of diving into their passion mm. at, you know, most yeah. people, will stop any passionate drive before they take their first step. It stops in their mind. Yeah. So let's say you're, an, uh, you know, an, an amazing accountant, but you know what, man, I always wanted to play guitar. <laughs> I've been able to do that with my life. I, it was difficult, but I've always maintained. And so I've l relatively been pretty happy. And I found that if you're able to 
really consciously think about your life and figure out what it was that made, you know what we talked about earlier with the Christmas, like the kid, what was it when you were a kid that you loved? Oh, I wanted to be an animator. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to be, you know, find that and navigate a path to fulfill that, which in turn relieves your anxiety and stress. That's, it's called the passion project coaching. So, um, so good. it's gone great. And I can't wait to continue to, to grow this kind of methodology. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good. It it works. I know from personal experience it works and that's what I try to help a lot of dudes understand too is like we we start getting older, we start getting responsibilities, we get families, we get jobs, and then we go, "Oh, man, like for me it was like I I really wanted to surf back in the day. I never did it." And um I just you just stop. You just stop doing stuff cuz number right. 1 you're scared to fail. You don't want to look stupid trying new stuff. You had this dream, you know, as a kid and then you just gave up on it. And you got to go do all the shitty things that <laughs> are not fun and like take care of everything and it feels like the way to the man dude, it's no way to live. And then what right. what what do we do? We drink about it instead. Boom. Now let me just pour it on cuz I don't want to deal with with shit. Find something you love to do is what Carlos is saying. And it sounds like that you help a lot of a lot of people do that and that's awesome. Yeah, man. Well said. Everything you said is just so true. And, and and people stop that step in their mind. They don't even start the journey. It's all stops here. Yeah. And, 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 and that just a little bit of filling out and, and, and fulfilling that passion. You don't have to win an Oscar. You could go to a community theater. You don't have to be the next Timbaland. You could make music for yourself or friends, you know, yeah. like, and, and the happiness just is exponential when you get there. Yeah, I love it. All right, last uh, last question for you, Carlos. Um, for someone out there listening right now, maybe they're struggling, maybe they've heard this conversation and they're just like, man, I heard a lot of things I relate to. Um, what kind of advice or encouragement, motivation uh, could you give them? Oh, man. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. You're the last person you need to give up on. Yeah. You will always be the last person you need to give up on. Everybody else may have given up on you, but you can't give up on yourself and, and and take it to heart. Maybe you've given up on yourself and you think, man, I've, I've tried to give up drinking three times. Those three times don't know about the time when you do it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay. So don't give up on yourself. Today's the day. Yeah. Today's the day. I love it. Seize it. Where can folks find you, reach out to you? Where can they follow your work? Uh, at to the top, Carlos is the easiest for Instagram, Twitter, TikToking and tacking all over the place. <laughs> and uh, yeah. if you want to go to my website, I am carlosnavarro.com. Uh, we'll take you there and it, it fills you in with all you need to know. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I do work with a lot of people quitting alcohol. Awesome. It's not, it's not the main focus, but it all, it's weird how quitting alcohol is connected yeah. to the main problems <laughs> of your life. You know, totally. I have someone, a family member, oh, I have this and that and this and that. I said, Hey, what does all that crap have in common? Ah, hmm. you were drinking. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. I think there's, there's an awakening <clears throat> happening. You know, the numbers are, are showing that people are drinking yeah. less. And, uh, and, uh, I think you and your show and everything you're doing are uh, a big help with that. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Carlos Navarro. Uh, I am Carlos Navarro.com. Once again, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, Carlos, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, man. Dude, my bro. I feel like uh, we need to, one day we'll play softball again. We'll be like in some like travel ball. Like, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. 
Hope something spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at That Sober Guy Podcast. For all of our resources, go to thatsoberguy.com. Peace, love, and respect, and keep your blood clean. With